I love to describe Wichita as a place where uh, the logistics of daily living are easy. So you can apply that energy towards whatever you're passionate about. Welcome back to another episode of the Wichita Live Podcast. My name is Landon. Our first sponsor today is Erica with Midwest Fresh Homes. If you hadn't noticed, the housing market is hot right now. It is the definition of a seller's market. That brings up the question, is now a good time to sell? Head over to MidwestFreshHomes.com and get your free home valuation today. Our next sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. We recently did a favorite coffee bracket challenge on Instagram and Twitter. After hundreds of votes, Il Primo came out as a winner for both brackets. Check out Il Primo today. Today's guest is Audra Dinell. Audra is a Wichita native. After leaving town for several years, she returned mid-pandemic from Hawaii to start The Thread, a women's leadership collective. We talk about her journey of leadership and entrepreneurship, as well as her experience with the first cohort of The Thread and podcasting as co-host of Ceiling Breakers. Enjoy my conversation with Audra Dinell. All right, I'm here with Audra Dinell. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. Um, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been excited to be on this podcast since I moved back about yeah. a year ago. I think we started talking about this, I don't know, in February too, before your first cohort started. Right. I think. So I'm glad we can finally get you on. I know, me too. So um, my name is Audra Dinell, and I'm the founder of The Thread here in Wichita. I'm local to Wichita. I've got two little boys, four and two, and met my husband here in high school. Okay, all right, and what yeah. high school did you go to? We went to North. Okay, I've had a lot of North guests. This is surprising. Like You have. The alums with uh, Rolf Potts, uh, Richard Ryerson, I can think of a couple more and I'm going to interview. So that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I had never uh, knew that. Elbert. I think, well, we called yeah, him. Mac, yeah. We right. called him Nook in high school. Okay. So. Or uh, what's he go by? Skinny Chip Yatted now. Oh, so, does he? Yeah, okay, right. Name, so. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, we, he's Nook to me. Oh, wow. That's, that's I haven't so seen him fun. since I high forgot school, about him. There's another one for the list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've listened to a couple other podcasts um, that you've been on and uh, like the ICT podcast. Shout yeah. out. Um, you moved around a little bit. Can you talk about that a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So. Uh, like I said, born and raised in Wichita, went to Wichita North, mm-hmm. went to KU for a few years, came back to Wichita State, got married, did that whole thing, bought a house on the west side, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then got the opportunity to move to Fort Collins, Colorado nice. in 2012. So Can't blame you. We love Colorado. Well, oh my gosh, we do too. Um, so we sold the house, moved to Colorado, and lived there for five years, had our first baby there. I worked for a marketing agency out yeah. there called Mantooth Marketing, mm-hmm. so it was super cool. And then and got the opportunity to move to Honolulu, Hawaii, and wow. spent three years there. Has wow. had another baby, moved back in the middle of the pandemic. Like good timing. Sold cars, yeah, yeah. packed, sold oh my gosh, like we had a train of Facebook marketplace cars sure. coming to our house for, you know, a hot two weeks mm-hmm. there. It's like here's the couch, okay, and here's the TV and Wow. Packed. How was Hawaii? It was it was amazing. I mean, it was yeah. it was good. Yeah, never, never would regret living there. Man, we, we haven't been yet. I'd like to visit, but... You do. You have to visit. Okay. It is just kind of this magical little bubble. Life slows down. People are nice. And I mean, sure. there's that whole sense of aloha. I mean, it's a real thing. Sure. Yeah. Is there one place in Hawaii you'd recommend to visit? 
Oh gosh, if you only can go to one island, I would go to Maui because okay. you get the best of both worlds, I think. There's okay. Kauai on one end that's just total sleepy, surfer, shuts down at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. totally natural, you know, have they don't have much tourism. Sure. Um, or they don't they don't um, they don't focus on tourists. Right, right. And then there's Oahu, which is where I lived, and that has a lot of tourists and a lot of things going on. Big city, small okay. island, mm-hmm. um, Waikiki, which is like Vegas, sure, basically. Sure. I recognize these names, but okay. I couldn't tell you anything about them. And then Maui's in the middle. So Maui is like, you get the best about the world. Awesome. Okay, yep. very cool. Yep. Um, so you moved back mid-pandemic, and mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit about... Um, I guess your background in leadership and then what led you to start the thread? Oh, that's such a good question. Not very many people have asked me about my background in leadership, which is surprising. You know, um, I think I've always been a natural born leader. Mm -hmm. However, I haven't always been a good leader. And so learning how to harness just what came natural to me, you know, leading groups of people or taking charge Mm -hmm. and, um, doing that more with a servant attitude and honing my leadership skills, my emotional intelligence, um, it was a big, big learning for me. Um, so when I moved to, I'd had in terms of my career, I'd had some people that I had managed, Mm -hmm. uh, before I worked at agency. And when I moved to Fort Collins and worked at agency marketing, then I actually had a team that I managed. And I think that's really when my leadership, um, catapulted. I saw a glimpse of who I could be as a leader. Right. Um, I dove into, in my mid-20s, dove into Stephen Covey training mm-hmm. and um, just any of the personal development that you that I could get my hands on. Right. Um, I got involved in Leadership Fort Collins, which is very similar to Leadership Wichita. Okay. Um, and then when I moved to Honolulu, I had the opportunity to be in a formal Women's Leadership Alliance. Okay. Yep. And so that's really when my passion for female leaders right. started to shine through. Okay. And so moving back home, I knew that I wanted to to do something for females in Wichita. Okay. Yep. And what did that look like in Hawaii? Like, what was the the mission? Who was involved with that? What did that look like? In terms of the leadership program, yeah. I was, yeah. So it was through the YWCA. Okay. And it targeted senior level leaders, um, so managers or vice presidents, um, a few entrepreneurs, and uh, they brought in community leaders to pour into you know, these Mm -hmm. other leaders. And so that's really the base of what I started with when I was thinking about the thread before it was actually the thread. That was the vision of, okay, I went through this amazing experience with one group of women, high level leaders poured into me. I really bonded with this community. How do I replicate that and make Mm -hmm. it better and fun, more fun, you know, in Wichita? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so you had your first cohort. Was that this last spring? Yeah. We're actually wrapping up cohort one right okay, now. Okay. So it's still going. Oh, yep. interesting. Okay. Yeah. They end in October. Okay. Can you just talk about kind of what that looks like from head to toe? Yeah. Um, I guess, how does application process yep. look like? What is actual sure. process look like? So you can apply on our website. It's mm-hmm. the WLC dot com slash apply mm-hmm. um, we're open to any female in leadership and once you apply and get accepted then you are part of a cohort so okay. right now we're taking applications for cohort two sure we have 30 spots we are over 50 percent committed right now okay so our applications end on september 12th for that okay. so once you're a part of the cohort then um, you launch into a six-month program of every other week we do a workshop with a high-level leader pouring into you on a okay. different topic Um, Maybe it's mindset, design thinking, negotiation, confidence. Um, We curate Mm -hmm. each cohort 
program to what that specific group wants. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of wiggle room in there. We've got, you know, some topics that we know are going to be relevant and then we let the cohort decide what else they want to hear about. We have some fun along the way. We did like a headshot party this time with cohort one. Everyone got to update and get headshots Mm -hmm. that felt like them and made them feel powerful and confident. And, um, you know, we did a party at Jenny Dawn Sellers to kick off and, uh, we'll wrap up with a graduation ceremony. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and you say we, who is we? So you started oh it. Who else is like me. kind of the... Is it's me. You? Okay. But... I do the same thing. Yeah, we. we. Is, it is me and my wife, but a lot of it, even if it's just me signing off on it, it's we. Yeah. So. Well, and the thread, I mean, the whole idea is like, you know, sure. I'm the founder of the thread, but the thread is, you know, a, a group of people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like sharing ideas and all being part of one thing. So right. just to say me would feel... Oh, absolutely. So strange. No, I get it. Yeah, I get that. And I do have some some um, people that help me. I mm-hmm. have um, Kristen Townsend. She owns ICT Lifestyle Management. Mm-hmm. She helps me with um, some event stuff and okay, some business cool. stuff. I've got a VA, a bookkeeper, some lawyers. Okay, very nice. So when I say we, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And you said women in leadership. And so this isn't necessarily for somebody, it could be, but like fresh out of college, this in their first job. Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, that's not really the target. Um, however, I mean, we have some really kick-ass 25-year-old entrepreneurs in yeah. our first cohort. Sure. So that's why I say really any woman in leadership, um, that is not their first job. They've had other jobs. Mm-hmm probably one other job, <laughs> right, but right. you know, they launched their business and to launch a business and stand out on your own, especially in your twenties. Right. Wow. Yeah, like you're brave. For yeah. Sure. So, so it's really not limited, you know, strictly right, to right. a certain career or age or right. title. Sure. Yeah. So how do you go about, uh, you mentioned you curate or we, we curate, mm-hmm. um, different speakers and everything like that. So are you going out and finding these other women speakers or do you just kind of have some people in the back of your head or people asking to come speak? What does that look like? All of the above. Yeah. So it really just depends on what topics we're talking about, what our demographic is. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that the speakers connect really well with the cohort. So I want the cohort to be able to see themselves in some of the speakers, maybe 10 or 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, And our speakers in our cohort, that demographic can sometimes be the same. So we've got some speakers who may be a part of cohort too and vice versa. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Um, And I think you mentioned it on the last podcast I listened to, but this could also be a good option for like a company to send some of their employees to, right? That are in leadership positions. Oh yeah. So it's not just for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's for corporate women. We have um, companies who've invested time and and resources into the first cohort that Mm -hmm. are renewing for second cohort and sending another person. Okay. So Coke and Envision and Meritrust have been um, a couple of our big early sponsors of participants. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so as people that can, are, that are watching can see, we're in the hive right now. Um, so how does that tie into kind of what the hive is? I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't know how you, how long you've been in town. Is that when did you move back? We moved back year? July, 2020. Okay. So yeah. about a year now. Yep. Um, did you join the hive immediately? And can you talk yeah. about a little about the hive yeah. and how the missions kind of work together? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Andrea was one of my first Instagram messages. <laughs> That's how we do business these days. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I met with her probably in August of 2020 and just said, "Hey, Andrea, this is what I'm bringing to town. Um, our missions, mm-hmm. you know, support each other." And immediately she was like, "Yeah, join the Hive. Here's how we can collaborate." Sure. So Andrea has been um, just a really big support. She's so great at connecting people. Yeah, she is. Um, great with business ideas. So she's she's helped me push my vision along mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, 
I'm speaking here on Wednesday at a lunch and learn on how to roll out red carpet service. So it's just been a really fun platform for me and a great connecting place. She's also been one of our moderators for a panel. Sure. So yeah. Very cool. I love working with her. No, that's awesome. It's just, it's cool to see different organizations that are working together, but they are separate. Um, they just are empowering women. It's really cool to see. Uh, I don't know. I lived in Wichita most of my life. So I don't know if that's the same elsewhere, um, but it's cool to see at least in Wichita. Yeah. So. I think that's a trend and I hope that's a trend. Um, but I, I just think that's the, the, the way of the future. You sure. know, we Absolutely. have this whole collaboration over competition right. saying that yeah. a lot of businesses are touting. And I think it's really cool when that really plays out um, organically in real life. Right. Yeah. yeah. I always say, uh, I mean, again, I've mentioned that other podcast, but there's several podcasts in Wichita. And so it'd be easy to think of like it's competition between different podcasts or different companies or businesses or whatever, but it really is a rising tide. Raises oh, yeah. All ships. And I that's agree. what I always try to go back to no matter what it is. Yeah, so, I yeah. agree. And we've got some really good podcasts here. Yeah. I think we need to do a podcaster meetup. We do. That'd be yeah. fun. That'd be okay. really fun. Um, <laughs> So how has Wichita reacted to the threat coming? So again, we had the hive, so it kind of was prepped for something maybe along these lines, but how yeah. has Wichita reacted? Is it different than what you expected? Oh my gosh, I am so humbled and grateful. It's been a really good reaction. Awesome. And in fact, when I moved back in July, um, I moved back on July 2nd, mm -hmm. and on July 16th, I had gathered a focus group of decision-making women, um, like Alicia Sanchez was mm -hmm. one of them, director of um, diversity and inclusion at Wichita mm -hmm. State, and uh, Amy Williams at, um, spirit and just some really amazing women and I was sweating and nervous <laughs> and I was like this is my business idea is there any market for this in Wichita and across the board it's just such a strong response of yes 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 I wish this had been around for 10 years or sure. some of the older right. um, women were like I wish this was around 20 years ago this would have benefited me so much right. just getting women in the same room and connecting on challenges that um, we face in particular whether it be the old work-life balance sure. or um, handling a, a confrontation that, you know, sometimes right. women don't do as well with, right, right. Um, not to stereotype, but no, those yeah, are just yeah. kind of the conversations right. that come up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the thread. So yeah, I'm I'm super thankful. Wichita has really embraced it and, and it's encouraging and exciting. Yeah, that's good yeah. to hear. Uh, so what does the structure of these cohorts look like? A little, just a little bit more. Are there like small group meetups are you all in person how has the pandemic changed maybe what that could have looked like or would look like yeah has so it? it has not okay. we started meeting in march okay um and we are meeting every other week in person the space we meet in um we can socially distance sure, sure. um masks or no masks um, we've kind of left it up to our cohort one members yeah. not making any decisions for cohort two just yet yeah because who knows what's, who what's, knows what's gonna happen changing in two week months to week or day to day yeah. yeah but the intention really is that this isn't in person um there is yeah. not really an intention to take it virtually that sure. would be i mean so last case scenario because right. i think the connections that we're making are are genuine and authentic and strong yeah. and it helps that we're in person sure yeah yeah, I think something I've listened to on a couple other podcasts um, is like online classes. So just to kind of take us a little bit off topic, but online classes, I think the typical success or finish completion rate is like six or seven percent. Mm. But when they do these cohort based learning, mm -hmm. it's like 75 percent. So yeah. is that something you probably see versus if you tried to do like a I mean like a wide open thread for women yeah. online? Yeah. Well, and there's other there's other um, options that do that. They sure. they yeah. are are women's groups that are virtual and they're great yeah. options sure. for some people who maybe they 
don't feel comfortable meeting right. in person or they can't make yeah. every other week for four hours for right. six months. Um, so I do think that there's a place for them, but yes, for sure. Yeah. I have a pulse on every single cohort member and it, it definitely is tight knit mm-hmm. versus, you know, one kind of wandering right. off or gosh, 94% wandering off. That would be right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. Um, what did you learn from the first cohort? And then to a uh, second question to that is what did you learn that now you're going to change for the second cohort? Mm, gosh, I learned so much from the first cohort. Um, I mean, I'm at the place now in my business where I'm sort of pruning and trying to put systems in place, mm-hmm. uh, making the business model sustainable and scalable. I'm looking at hiring um, a team, um, at least one person, sure. um, even though I have some, like I said, contractors to sure. help me. So those are some of the things I've learned. What I'm going to change is the way we're doing mentorship. So I've gotten okay. a lot of really great feedback um, from the cohort. Mm-hmm. I would say one thing I've learned on a personal note that's not fun to admit yeah. is I always think I'm open to feedback. Right. Uh, but I, the way I react, um, you know, I want to share all the things I'm doing to combat the issue already, and it's right. coming off as a little bit defensive. Yeah. No one's told me this, but I'm just like <laughs> gathering it, you sure. know. So that's just been my most recent learning and leadership of you know how to accept feedback gracefully and really hear it instead of trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so you mentioned a little bit how to get involved, apply on the website. Um, in case people are listening to this, maybe in the future past that deadline for cohort two, how often are you looking to do these? Like yeah. when would a cohort three be at potentially yeah. ballpark? Those are good questions. Cohort three will start in April of 22. Okay. So we're going to do, um, for now, the model is uh, uh, every six months. Every six months. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Yep. So the next um, cohort doors, cohort three will open up in January okay. 2022. And it's probably going to be around that like 30 person Yep, I will cap it at 30, uh, any bigger. And I think we lose intimacy. So we have that 30 person group where we workshop together and then they also break into mastermind groups that are smaller. Mm -hmm. So they really get that chance to bond with five, four or five other women and say, Hey, here's the challenges I'm going through. Get some accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so when you, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but Making the jump from two salaries to doing this, or in some instances for entrepreneurs, jumping from a salary to no salary, just as an entrepreneur, what have you learned from that? Uh, what advice would you give to somebody mm. else that's going through that similar stage of life? Yeah, that's so good. And I, I do talk to a lot of women about this, um, especially I think when we become mothers, but we're ambitious, career-driven dri- women, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily see ourselves as stay-at-home moms, but sure. we want to be able to play a different role in our kids' lives than we could when we're working for a corporate company. You know, I think what I've learned is, um, I mean, gosh, you have to stick to a budget, right? I'm a big fan of every dollar. And my husband and I did Dave Ramsey before, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we were able to jump into one salary. So just kind of having a plan and setting yourself up and we didn't do that. So I could be an entrepreneur. We, we just did that. And then luckily it helped out a lot in pursuing entrepreneurship. And then I would just say, um, I mean, gosh, the risk has been so worth it for me. Uh, it puts so much more pressure on you to perform, but right. it's it's a good pressure because you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. 
and I, I'm currently still working for Coke, so I haven't gone through that yet, but maybe someday in the future, that's where we end up. So. Yeah. Well, even going from two salaries to one, yeah. and I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a different, you have to really think about, I mean, kind of your, what does success mean to you? Yeah. And to, you know, if it means having one parent stay at home sure. and raise the kid, then that's success. I mean, yeah, even absolutely. if your overall income goes down. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Uh, you also do a podcast here mm-hmm. at The Hive. And yeah. so can you talk a little bit about Ceiling Breakers? Yeah. So I do Ceiling Breakers with Stacy from Hopping Gnome. And that was a really fun meeting. I was on the podcast to be interviewed mm-hmm. about the thread. And I walked in and she said, so just to let you know, my co-host has moved. And I'm looking for a new co-host. <laughs> this was before we started the podcast. And I was like, I accept. <laughs> here I am. I'm yeah. here for the first episode. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun. And it's been great getting to know women in Wichita. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think one of the best things about Wichita, like a hidden gem of Wichita, mm-hmm. is all the people and companies that are just killing it, doing their thing, and not a lot of people know about it. Yes, absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, we've got the big things and the, the sexy, fancy things that everyone knows about, and there's probably 10 times as many other really cool things going on that don't get quite as much yeah. publicity. Yeah, and that's what we, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but Wichita Life, that's what we want to do is tell those stories. Because there's a lot of, I mean, again, we were talking about um, Albert Mack. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't even know who that is. And he yeah. played in the NFL for like eight years. Yeah. It's, it's crazy those stories aren't more well-known around Wichita. Right. And I think it's a shame. And so it's like using our platform to try to raise that up. And you're using ceiling breakers and then the thread to kind of raise up all these women is really yeah. cool to see. I agree. When I knew when I moved back, you know, it's like I'd been, I'd, I'd experienced all these other cities and just brought that experience back with me. And I just knew like, oh my gosh, Wichita is such a gym. And I just cringe, mm-hmm. you know, when people say, why did you move back? Right. You know, I'm right. like, oh my gosh, let me give you, let me give you the list of reasons, right. you know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so that was definitely a mission of mine. Like, I want my children to grow up in right. Wichita with pride. Yeah. And if they go away, that's great because I encourage seeing the world. But, sure. you know, I want them to have a, a place to come back to that they're proud of. Right. So, and I've loved, like, I, I mean, I've told you several times, I love what you're doing with Wichita Thank Life. You. And Wichita Moms is also another good oh, yeah, resource. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so they, I think we've got several people really joining in this effort and, and the other podcasts, like you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Podcast. Yeah, I think, again, Rising Tide raises all ships. It's kind of, we're all, none so of true. us are competing. So yep. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess don't want to skip over is there anything i missed on the thread or anything else you'd like to talk about with the thread oh no thank you for asking so much about it it's, yeah for sure it's exciting and we'll continue to share kind of about the cohorts and hopefully you can get that filled up pretty quick and well, i know it's going to fill up but yeah. <laughs> and so if you're listening to this go sign up now um but something again on the another podcast i heard you talked about the enneagram a little bit oh yeah um and so my wife she introduced me to it a lot of her friends kind of read into it um i'm a nine Oh, my wife's are you? a two. So uh-huh. it, the whole confrontation thing, I've learned, we've learned a lot about the way I react to things and the yeah. way she reacts to things. But tell us a little bit about Enneagram um, and I guess about your experience with Enneagram and how that's affected some of your relationships. Oh, yeah, that's so good. What I love about Enneagram is that it's, a, it's an internal look. Um, so, yeah, you could um, type people like, sure. oh, she's a type eight, she's a type seven. But it's really about um, what motivates you when you're at your best mm-hmm. and gives you those flags of when you're at your worst. Yeah. So for me, when I first learned about the Enneagram, I thought it was hilarious because I kept <laughs> taking the test and I kept being an eight, which is like the challenger, sure. the rebel, the, mm-hmm. the leader. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And a lot of people don't, I mean, Enneagram eight is kind of like, I don't know. I feel like people are like, oh, you're an eight. Right. Oh, oh for sure. I've <laughs> yeah. heard that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, so it helped me because it helped me identify 
what I do when I'm in stress, mm-hmm. which is close the doors, not let any information out, just put my walls up, try and control everything. Right. So that has been a big uh, undigging and a knowing for me is right. knowing, okay, when I'm trying to overly control situations, right. that's when I'm under stress. So there are some things I need to let go of here because it's the control is not going to help. Yeah. That's just my me kind of going to my default stress right, mechanism. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting just to kind of dive in because, I don't know, some of that personality quiz, personality test type stuff, I'm just like, it's a little kind of frou-frou on the fringe, but the Enneagram spot on. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't taken the Enneagram test, just Google it and go take the test. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. They have free uh, tests. Yeah. And then when you look at your, I mean, you, you can read, they give you like six pages to read mm-hmm. by yourself and you're like, yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's not things people could necessarily pinpoint you as, right? right, right. It's like internal. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. I need to go revisit it. It's been a while since I looked at it, but I, I heard you talk about that and I had to bring that up. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So my husband's a six, which okay. is a loyalist. Okay. And I don't know I, much about six. That's one of the few ones I don't know very much about. Okay. So. And so it's a loyalist and he's very um, concerned with safety and security. Sure. So he tends to watch out for, for trouble sure. and danger. Right. Um, so the good thing about the Enneagram is it can tell you like, okay, this is your personality. This is how you're using it for good. And this right. is how you're using for negative so sometimes yeah. you know it can affect your mindset if you're only concerned about security right, right? right. but we both have a wing of seven okay. which is um i think it's like the social enthusiast yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you know when we're talking about like trying to put some white space in our schedule and slow right. our life down it's very hard for us because right. we both are really social sure so that's just been interesting to that know that is super interesting yeah yeah um, so I sent you a couple questions before this. These are some questions I've cherry picked from other podcasts. Um, and so we'll just kick it off, kick it off with those. Cool. Um, what is something you often recommend to people, whether it's a book or a podcast yeah. or anything like that? I am a big podcaster. So I mm-hmm. love, um, a couple podcasts I always recommend are disrupt yourself by okay. Whitney Johnson. Okay. And it is all about, um, being on the S curve of life. And you know, when you're at the bottom of the S curve, you've disrupted yourself and then you get kind of to your sweet spot. But then when you get to the top, mm-hmm it's time to disrupt yourself again okay. in some I way. I heard that. That's interesting. It's yeah. a really good one. Yeah, um, I have to listen to that. And then a new one that I recommend to a lot of uh, women is Girlfriends and Business. Okay. And it's Ali Webb who founded a business called Drybar. You probably have no clue what that I is. I actually have heard about that. They you do? Talk, they, she was on uh, How I Built This. Okay, That's, yeah. that's the only reason yes. I know that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So she and a couple other Girlfriends and Business mm-hmm. uh, talk about entrepreneurship and being a woman and having a family and a relationship mm-hmm. and COVID and just... All the things. Nice, okay. Yeah, and they're all actually in new startups. Um, Very cool. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. a really cool one. Yeah, I will have to share those, and I'll check them out myself because cool. I have not listened to either one. Um, what is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life? Okay, this was the most fun question <laughs> because I've never really thought about what my favorite failure is. Mm-hmm. But I would say when I moved to Honolulu, it was essentially to... Uh, take over an ad agency as as the owner was retiring okay. out. So once I got there and got into the weeds, I kind of learned I didn't want to take over anyone else's business. Mm. I wanted to start my own. Sure. But I'd sold a condo in Colorado, all of our stuff, <laughs> right. moved across the ocean. I mean, set up life here in Honolulu. Right. So once we got pregnant with our second baby, I decided, okay, this is going to be the opportunity. We're going to take six months to transition me out of this business. And yeah. we did that, had the baby, um, and then basically freelanced until I figured out what kind of business I wanted to start. Gotcha. So it's a failure of 
okay, we moved from Colorado and we would have probably been in Colorado the rest of our life. We loved it so much. But if all those failures wouldn't have happened in that exact order and and COVID hitting, we, we probably would never be back here. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 God has a plan. That's awesome. Um, what was it in the same vein, I guess, what, so you were trying to decide what direction you were going to take it. Did you think it was like a completely different direction you'd go? So if you're taking over like an ad or marketing agency Mm -hmm. and then you were like, I don't want to do this. What, what was your thought process there? Yeah. So I, I, Graduated from Wichita State with an integrated marketing communications degree. Yeah, that's what my wife has. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And agency life is kind of like the gold star. You're like, oh, sure. I want to work in an agency. Gretemann gotcha. or mm-hmm. um, what Signal Theory or um, mm-hmm. J. Joe. I mean, there's so many good agencies here mm-hmm. and elsewhere. So I got to Colorado, got started working in agency life, loved it, obsessed with it, mm-hmm. but worked all the time like crazy, uh, had had a baby, then went and worked at a different agency in Honolulu. Sure. Um, and so I knew that I didn't want to do an ad agency because really when you, when you run an ad agency, when you own it, you have like 20 bosses. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that didn't really feel like the yeah. kind of freedom mm-hmm. that I was looking for. Right. So yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just did a ton of like, I did Christy Wright's business boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a Dave Ramsey personality. Okay. So I, I mean, she has this whole process of how do you figure out what kind of business you want to start? And I tried several things. I, I bought into scout and seller wine which is like kind of an MLM. I I, yeah, I have heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really great wine. I do love it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I did, no, that's not for me. Right. And I was thinking of going, I had in 2012 started a social media marketing agency mm-hmm. and thinking of going back to the social media arm. And then I was like, no, I just, that's not my passion. So I tried several different yeah. things. And um, ultimately, yeah. everything quickly came together with the thread. Um, so it wasn't an overthinking or a strategizing and analyzing right, right. thing. It was a gut thing. Yeah, that's COVID important. Hit. Yeah, for We're sure. We're moving home. This isn't in Wichita. The stars align for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard a quote too, just about um, what you think, kind of overworking or how much you think something is going to take, and or the twenty bosses. And so, mm-hmm. um, I heard the quote was something along the lines of like, entrepreneurs are the only people that will work eighty hours a week so they don't have to work forty for somebody else or something right. along those lines. Right. So, it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this morning, I missed my boot camp because I was up till like eleven a.m. just prepping for the week and sure. my boot camp instructor texts me and he's like hey guess what happened today and I said what and he's like you missed class I was like dang it gotcha I was like listen Edgar I'm an entrepreneur you right. don't you do understand but right, right. Um, what is your definition of success mm, so good I think it's really when when my value when I'm living my values so I think everyone has to determine their own set of personal values sure. and um, a vision for their life. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the vision's always going to move. Mm-hmm. Every time I take a step, a new step will appear. Right. So it's not being in that vision and living that vision. It's really just living the journey in yeah. my values. Sure. And I think that plays into that podcast you recommended, the S-curve. So it's like when you get to a certain point, it's time to change it. So if your vision's yeah. the same the whole time, there's probably something wrong. Yeah. So um, I guess... To that point, maybe that's not exactly true because you want to have some kind of a North Star, but yeah, you, you can understand what I say. Yeah, I do because I mean, your North Star will, I mean, you'll always add a step, right? Right. If, I mean, when I came here and, and was, I mean, I was wondering, is this, is the thread going to be a, a viable business? Right. <laughs> then I, I got lucky enough to be exposed to a new mentor who challenged me and sure. he was like, do you want it to be this little thing or do you want it to be this thing? Right. And not that I immediately went this thing. It's just, it opened up my mind and, yeah, you know, I thought, Oh, different. well I could pull this and this. And so my vision for, for my life in five years, I mean, right. 
who knows what it'll be in 10 years. Right, exactly. Um, Tell me about a life motto you live by or what is some of the best advice you've ever received? Um, Action beats planning. So I'm a big planner. Mm -hmm. I have a huge event planning background. I planned the uh, state's largest job fairs in Honolulu or in Hawaii, the Mm -hmm. state's largest, and um, did a ton of events with all of my marketing jobs. So I'm a big planner. However, action beats planning every time. So just picking up the phone, making that ask, uh, posting on social. Um, So that's kind of the best advice I think I've had is Mm -hmm. just taking action. And then a motto I like to live by is do it scared. So, you know, it's like I I am rarely in my comfort zone these days. I'm always, you know, one step beyond and Mm -hmm. hopefully 10 steps beyond some days my comfort zone. And so that's, I just know if if I'm scared, that's a flag that I should be doing it. Sure. If I'm scared to, I'm just anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like if it comes to you, but you're like, oh, I can't do that. Right. You know, you have to do that. Right. Yeah. There's two things that come to mind when you say that. Uh, Ryan Holiday has a book called Obstacle is the Way. Oh, and so I've that, heard of that. that immediately ties into that is kind of like if there's friction one way, like water takes the path of easy or least resistance, but it's like if the obstacle's there, it's there for a reason. It's going to mm-hmm. make you stronger. It's going to kind of mold you into whatever you're supposed to become. Um, and then I think it's Will Smith. There was a quote I heard one time, um, but it's what's on the other side of fear. Yeah. And so that always kind of rings Everything true. you want is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I was... I mean, I was, I don't even know if I've said this, but I was really scared to move back to my hometown and start a business. I mean, that just felt like the scariest thing for me to do. It would have been much easier for me to move to another new city and work at an agency Mm -hmm. or stay home and freelance, but to move back to my hometown and start a business that I really care about and had the opportunity to potentially fail. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? Uh, I think it is to to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the sure the way I get things done, and um, you know, just getting out of my head mm-hmm. and just if I'm thinking it, do it. Yeah. Even if I don't have a full plan for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of learned that over the last two year through few years as well. Um, I am a notorious, I'll have like a thousand sticky notes or like yeah. to-do lists and yeah. all this stuff, but I, there's stuff on my to-do list that's been there for six months. And it's like, okay, so it's probably not that important. I just need to take action on what actually matters. And it always feels much better when you actually do take the action and yeah. get stuff done. Well, and I mean, just that first, it's like, um, what's the quote about, you know, you, all you need is 10 seconds of mm-hmm. insane bravery Yeah, yeah. and just make the ask. I mean, I asked Kay Monk Morgan to speak at the thread, you know, and she's this sought after speaker and mm-hmm. I mean, just so wonderful. And she was kind of a big reach for, yeah. for me and my group and, and just, you know, making the ask right? or I mean, just anything. Right. That, that reminds me of uh, early days of the podcast. So at this point I'd done a couple episodes um, and I recorded everything on my phone. My phone would sit on the table and we'd talk. I wasn't even doing online interviews cause I didn't know Zoom wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, how do I use Skype? How do I record Skype? What software do I need to record Skype, et cetera? Um, and so I reached out to your fellow North alum, Rolf Potts, mm-hmm. who's a world-renowned travel author, recommended by my favorite podcasters like Tim Ferriss. And so I messaged him on Instagram. I'm like, hey, I just found out you're from Wichita. I read your book. Like, would you like to come on my podcast? And he responded within like an hour. He's like, hey, how's Tuesday? I had like three days <laughs> to like figure yeah. out how I'm going to record this, yeah. buy some software and figure it all out. And so it was just... 
just asking. Like, yep. I could have just, I think in my head, I was like, okay, I need to earn this. Like, right. I haven't earned this at all. I've only done a couple podcasts. Who am I to ask this guy who's very successful to come on the podcast? Um, but again, it's just asking. Like, yeah. they're, they're happy to do it most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that, especially around town with the entrepreneur scene here in Wichita, um, everybody wants to help each other. Like yes. that, we want to build each other up. It's yeah. just asking and the, people are willing to help. Yeah. And I've gotten some no's. I mean, I got some right. some big no's that I was super bummed about or, mm-hmm. or you know, no callbacks and, and that's okay. But yeah. most of the time when I ask, people are going to say yes. Right. And so it's just flexing that muscle of, okay, do I want something? How do I get it? And what's the first step I can take like right now right. to put that into reality? Right. And I, somewhere I've read or listened to this, but it's something along the lines of like, what's something you can do? I don't remember how it goes. Like, if there's something, what is the first five seconds of that thing? What, are, what is something you can do in five minutes? Like mm-hmm. right now versus mm-hmm. if it's going to take five weeks, what can you do right now? Keep yeah. chunking that down into smaller and smaller tasks until you're like, okay, I can take action on this one thing. Make that phone call. Send that message. Yeah. You're not accomplishing the whole thing, but you have to take that first step to get anywhere. Yep. Yep. So. I've had some really impressive women in my cohorts and they have just, I mean, I'm, and I'm, uh, I don't want to say, I mean, I'm so respectfully intimidated of all the cool things that they've done in their career and sure. the names they've made for themselves. And, um, to make that ask and say, Oh, you're interested. Okay. Or, or give that call back. It's, it's scary, but I just, I just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm going to say half the time. Right. You know, I'm like, you just okay, wing it. let's yeah. just <laughs> That's what have I've this conversation. Well. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, so we just have a couple more questions. Um, these are Wichita specific. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite part of Wichita or what's a hidden gem in Wichita? Oh, yeah. Um, College Hill is definitely my favorite part. Mm-hmm. So when we moved back, my family's all from the west side. Okay. I went to north. Um, so Riverside was kind of where yeah, I hung yeah. out. And I just... Uh, have fallen in love with College Hill so when we moved back we knew we actually rented an Airbnb in College Hill yeah, yeah. and tested out okay how is this going to be the drive to the west right, side to right. see my family is it going to be too far right. like I thought we'd never live within right. hours of a family again and, sure. and all of a sudden I'm worried about a 20 minute drive that's really funny yeah um, but I love College Hill because, you know, we walk every day in the mm-hmm. morning or at night. All the houses are beautiful and unique. Just the community vibe is super cool. Mm-hmm. I love walking to Ziggy's and the Belmont oh, yeah. and um, just all those good local shops. Yeah. So much character in the houses. And yes. Everyone's unique. It could be a, whatever, $150,000 house next to a million dollar house. Yes. But they're both super unique or cool yeah. in their own way. And the neighbors and, are just like on the lawn. Hey, good yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I do love that. Yeah, it's really cool. And then Hidden Gym. Um, I wrote it down because I had a good one. Mm. oh frost frost is a new um Mm -hmm. i don't know if a lot of people are going to it and there was the whole frost and andy's thing right right you don't i bet a lot of people are going to it and they've been on the podcast but i just always i mean we probably go there three times a week oh wow yeah we've only been a couple times but we love it yeah Yeah. it's awesome it is i mean they're they're i'm not even a huge sweets person yeah but I mean, I've got two little boys, so anytime they obey me, I'm like ice cream. Right, right. <laughs> and, it's, and you're right there. I know, so I know. Well. But so that's probably my favorite, one of my favorite hidden gems. There's so many good restaurants and um, EB Eats. Oh yeah. I you know I love, yeah. I love all of his recommendations yeah. too. He's the first website I go to whenever I need to look someplace yeah. up. So you're like, okay, Mexican on Tuesday exactly. in Wichita. <laughs> exactly. Where do I go? Um, Frost, so I'm, I've got a really bad sweet tooth, and so ice cream is oh, like my do. kryptonite, and mm-hmm. so uh, cookies and cream is my go-to, and my wife and I both agree Frost has the best cookies and cream ice cream we've had. Okay, so. there's the stamp. Yep, stamp I don't even know if it's a hidden gem. Do you think it's a hidden gem? Uh, 
Probably, yeah. I don't think it's like super like well-known or widespread. I think people yeah. that go to College Hill know about yeah. it. But I think if you're on the west side and you don't really come over that often, you probably wouldn't know about it. Right, because it's so central. Right. It's not yeah. really east or west. Right. Um, they have a new flavor. It's sour cream and cinnamon. Interesting. It's crazy good. Okay. I know we'll it sounds try weird. Yeah. Try it. I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't? Or what would you improve about Wichita? You know, I think about the cities I've lived in, Fort Collins and Honolulu, and what I loved about Fort Collins is how centric Old Town was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, and I which was making great strides with mm-hmm. Nazgur Park and yeah. so many cool things, but I really love to see continued effort towards our city center and sure. just, you know, gathering around in those spaces and yeah. more businesses, more local businesses. Yeah. Um, one particular request, which I might do one day in my retirement, is a <laughs> fancy cheese shop. Okay. Okay. There was this fancy cheese shop in Fort Collins called mm-hmm. the Welsh Rabbit, and it was like amazing. Interesting. Yeah, I think it would do well down there. I think so too. Put it so, next to like uh, the homegrown and stuff down in that little block. Yeah, and, yeah. Or in College Hill, just yeah, po- or College pop Hill it in sure, like yeah. next to Frost or I something. See, that feels like it would fit in College, College Hill. Hill yeah. yeah. Well, hey, if you see a fancy cheese shop opening in <laughs> like <assume> five <laughs> to ten years, you can be like, Yeah, hey, you want to come back on the podcast right. and talk about your fancy cheese and shop? I'll take my one percent cut for uh, helping talk <laughs> right. about it. So, um, I guess while we're here, you're uh, basically a lifelong Wichitan or rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your opinion on the Century 2 debate? I really am pro um, tearing it down. Okay. Uh, my my sweet little four-year-old loves the big circle building. Sure. And we went to see a play there. But I just think there's so much opportunity there for yeah. maybe a potentially outdoor lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm on the same page. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I go, I've been to like the comic cons there and I've been to a few events and Me too. we went to a couple of plays there and lots of good the memories. It's awesome. But I think the people that are really attached to it, it's just nostalgic. I like, and I get the, the skyline debate that it is one of the more recognizable buildings, but I think we could make like a, I don't know, like a, I don't even know what you call it overhang or something that looks like century two is kind yes. of like an honorary thing but yeah. then have a bunch of open space or build whatever we need to do so one we can get the performing arts shows that we're not getting because of the limitations right now yeah um but also just open that place up like yeah. nasker park i've been to a couple of events there and it's incredible yep. and it's such a small space compared to what century two would open up and how right. cool that could be right down there on the i river. agree i think that would go a long way towards making our our downtown area more yeah. of like the city center right when i like that idea of like an overhang because yeah how often do we look at the wichita skyline i mean we're not right. we're not new york or chicago you know on purpose right we're right. wichita so it's like does our skyline matter right it's as it's much as like a lifestyle nostalgia. yeah i say nostalgia is a hell of a drug and i think that's what a lot yep. of the if you're listening and you're on the safe century too i completely understand that that's kind of where i stand as well yeah. i think it'd be better for the city moving forward and my daughter is 16 months old so let's start it now so we can enjoy it before she moves out of the house i know i know well i mean in fort collins they were talking about making this down by the river this um like rafting paddle boarding just this outdoor Mm -hmm. and and i mean that's in colorado so they have the same amount of outdoor time as we do right you know so it's not not like that though it's a weather related issue so yeah i just think there's so many cool things i agree i walked in in the hot middle of this debate or like you know with covid (laughs) it's like it they put it on the shelf yeah yeah so i'm i'm definitely late to the game now i'm curious to see where it kind of goes where it picks back up at i know i think the greater wichita partnerships kind of involved with that but hopefully that gets rolling sometime soon so we can have the vote if there needs to be a vote or whatever that looks like and yeah so regardless if we're going to keep it or tear it down let's get let's get going yeah keep the conversation going make a decision yeah for sure i agree 
Um, so just the last question, what does Wichita mean to you? Mm, I mean, Wichita is my home. It means family. Most of my family is here. I love to describe Wichita as a place where uh, the logistics of daily living are easy. So you can apply that energy towards whatever you're passionate about, whether that be um, really loving on your family while starting a business, your church, um, volunteering, just all of the above. In in other cities I've lived in, you know, the daily logistics of traffic and getting around the city and right. what school can your kid get into because you have to be on wait lists for a few years. Sure. That stuff really takes a, a mental toll right, on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, which shot to me is easy logistical living so you can spend your energy on what you want it to be spent I've on. I've never heard it described that way, but I love that. And I think oh. that definitely applies to Wichita. So. Yeah. But Audrey, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Um, where can people find you or The Thread? Yeah, thanks for having me. You can find The Thread, The Thread WLC on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, also our website at thethreadwlc.com. And I'm Audrey Donnell on all my handles, Perfect. all the same platforms. Sounds good. We'll share all that. Um, we'll share a link to The Thread so people can sign up um, before that deadline coming up for Cohort 2. And then if you missed that, sign up for Cohort 3. Yeah. So awesome. thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again to everyone that listened to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. If you enjoyed, please rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use. If you have any recommendations, please reach out at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again.